0: For our podcast disclaimer, please visit the episode description. Today, we've got Michael Vandervoort joining us. He is a longtime labor and employer relations practitioner and expert. Currently, he's a labor relations specialist at a large Florida-based employer. He's also a very well-known HR blogger, speaker, and a podcaster. He has drive-through HR podcast, and it's been airing for over 10 years before anybody else was really doing podcasts. So, Michael, thanks so much for joining us today on What the Heck is Happening in HR.
1: Uh, Thanks, Kelly. I appreciate being invited. And uh, it's great to be here. Look forward to a little bit of a chat. Yeah.
0: So let, I mean, your world of labor and employee relations is blowing up. And (laughs) the uh, 180 that's happened between the administrations is no small change uh, for businesses and for HR practitioners. I mean, what are we supposed to be paying attention to? How do we keep up with this and what's happening?
1: Yeah, there's a there's a bunch of stuff i'll I'll try to I'll try to run down through some of it I would I guess I would open up by saying that um, if you you know so you and I are, are I guess I'll just say veterans in the, in the <laughs> world of HR at the, at this at these these days and it was you know and up up through like the mid 80s uh, I'm sorry the mid 90s even even in the 2000 um, labor relations was a little it was a little Sleepy. I mean, there stuff was happening, you know, and we'd get a little hotspot, but it was there wasn't a lot of changes in the labor law or a lot of changes in labor policy. Unions and companies kind of did their thing, and the the National Labor Relations Board was pretty pretty boring in its uh, in its approach to things. Pretty middle of the road, quiet agency, and then in the Obama era. the there was a big resurgence of the prominence of the national Labor relations board under that democratic administration and they took a big swing at changing and reforming a bunch of long-standing labor laws and i forget the numbers i mean there the, there was some like thousands of years of precedent that somebody tallied up that they threw out in an eight-year period But it was a big swing, I guess, to the left. Democrats were generally perceived on the left. So it was a big swing to the left. And and they changed the law and a lot of the rules that the board operated Mm -hmm. under um, to become much more favorable to labor unions and to labor organizing. And um, it was, you know, it was kind of a big wake-up call to a lot of HR practitioners, even people like you and I who kind of still lived in that world. It was a lot of unprecedented change, and we've continued to see that ever since. Once President Obama was got through his two terms, and President Trump came in, the board swung back. There was a bit; it, it swung to the right. It became much more business-friendly, and of course, in the in the in the wider universe. Typically, when a Democrat's in in power in the White House, it's more labor friendly, and when when a Republican is in, it's it's more business friendly. So we, under President Trump, a lot of those changes swung back, and now we have Joe Biden, and and Joe Biden is just now in the process of beginning to make that big swing back towards the the more left leaning, union friendly, labor union friendly um, Obama era, and we see these these big swings which parallel all the other things that we see in politics, you know, big swings to the left, big swings to the right. And so it it causes a little bit of skittishness for business because we don't have that certainty that we rely on. So a lot of stuff. So that's kind of the high to, mm-hmm. to put it in context. That's mm-hmm. the high level framing. So so right now, a couple things are happening. One is second wild card pandemic has changed so much. And I'm not going to get into, for time purposes, all the labor shortage and stuff. But like, in the month of October, there were thousands and thousands of people out on strike, which is, I mean, it's, we, certainly we've seen periods in our history where there where it was a lot higher than it was in, in this October. But it was a pretty unprecedented month for the last few decades with a lot of People out on strike. Fourteen hundred people out at uh, Kellogg's. Ten thousand people out for several weeks at John Deere with a contract that just settled this weekend it hasn't been ratified yet, but they have a tentative agreement. Um, IATSE, which is an entertainment union, nearly went on strike with sixty thousand people, although they reached a last-minute accord. And and um, Kaiser Permanente is on the brink of having maybe like twenty-five thousand people go out on strike. So there's there's a ton of tension. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of it having to do with health and safety, COVID, vaccine mandates, whether you should or shouldn't, wages, just, you know, every, everything about everyone's job is up in the air. And so employees are seeking help and support. And so labor unions are experiencing a little bit of a labor resurgence right now, um, given that coupled up with the Biden administration. Um, Joe Biden, when he came into office um, made a statement that he aspires to be the most union, union-friendly president ever elected mm-hmm. in the United States, and he's well on his way to doing that. He's, he's had several executive orders issued um, uh, that mostly affect federal contractors or federal employees, but they make, make it very easy, uh, much easier for labor unions to organize and, and or engage in collective bargaining for those groups. Um, they're in the process now of, of working on this Budget Reconciliation Act, uh, sort of this reduced build back better, three and a half trillion dollar safety net bill that he had proposed. A lot of the provisions have been cut out, but there's a there are elements of something that won't pass called the PRO Act, Protecting Your Right to Organize Act, um, that will be included if this budget bill finally passes. It looks like they may vote tomorrow, although they keep delaying it. So we'll see. But if it passes, like one of the big changes it'll put in is there will be pretty very stiff, not pretty stiff, very stiff fines um, that can be levied by the National Labor Relations Board against employers who are found guilty of having committed unfair labor practice charges. And a, a ULP, by definition, is is a an act which restrains or coerces an employee from engaging in their right to choose to belong to a union or not Um, and there was a recent campaign in with amazon in alabama Mm. where after the election amazon won the election but the union uh, that was uh the union that ran the campaign filed 23 uh ulps following that election so at fifty thousand dollars per ULP, if Amazon found guilty, that's plus million dollars. And if any of those uh, charges involve someone who's terminated, it's not only making the employee whole for their lost wages, but there's also a potential one hundred thousand dollar fine for that. So, that the the labor laws had never contained these kind of punitive penalties before. So it's a huge change, and yeah. it would really, really make a difference in how employees or how employers approach things. I think. Um, I guess the other couple of things I'd call out real quick, um, there's a Gallup poll um, every year where, where Gallup polls the American you know, representative sample, but purported to, to reflect the views of the American society in general. And they ask about labor unions. How do you feel about labor unions? Do you think they're a good thing or a bad thing? And this year, their poll shows that 65% of Americans think unions notionally are a good idea. Um, that's the highest level of support that that question has had since 1966 when it was 71%. Wow. I hadn't heard so, that.
0: Wow.
1: Yeah. So it's, a, it's and it's been going up a little bit, but it's, you know, it's on the rise. Now, contrast that with the fact that only 11% of the people in the US workforce, public and private, are members of a union, 11% ish. It's got a fraction after it. But um, so while people think unions are a good idea, they're not necessarily members. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but But we have this time where people are leaving their jobs. People are more prone to look for assistance because they're fearful of some of the decisions that their employers are making. Unions organizing activity is up. Union popularity is up. Strike activity is up. And everything's in sort of flux, right? So it creates this great moment of opportunity where unions are experiencing a bit of resurgence and makes it, I think, incumbent on employers to pay a lot closer attention to what's going on and the decisions they make, and how it affects their employees, you know, in case in case they should invite some action that um, might prompt the union campaign. There's a lot. Of, there's a lot of potential risk right now for employers, and they need to think about that carefully.
0: So, how uh, just um, to kind of give us an action item here for HR, how does HR stay on top of it? But what is it they need to know i mean how what's the thermometer they need to know if there seems to be activity or is there a telltale sign that they need to understand better
1: yeah i mean i think that um well i mean there's there's a whole series of things that you could do but the the, so one of the one of the there there were you told me a story on my podcast when I had you on about one of your mentors and in, in the don't talk down to people analogy. I'll give you one. One of my uh, master's program in labor relations, one of my professors said companies only get the unions they deserve. So companies that have a union, unless it's a legacy situation, like with the UAW, if, mm-hmm. if you're not, if you don't have a union today and you get one, you probably made some bad decisions. Mm-hmm. You let your culture lag, you let your employee engagement decline. You didn't do the right things. You weren't competitive. And, and so really the best thing employers can do is be attentive to the way they treat their associates or their employees. Make sure that they're being treated fairly and equitably that pay, you know, I mean, do, do the HR right things. I mean, if you, if you, if, I know it sounds so easy, right? If you do the right things, you won't have these kind of issues yeah. most of the time. I mean, it's not a 100% lock guarantee, but if, they're, they're, if there's no reason to go look outside, mm-hmm. employees won't go look outside as long as they feel like they're treated fairly. Yeah. So that's the first thing to do. I mean, obviously the, the counterbalance to that is you should you should be aware of what the developing labor trends are. You should be aware of who your potential union is. Um, People that might be interested, in, whether that be the Teamsters or the UAW or whatever, you should be aware of who they are and what they're doing in your area. I mean, I would recommend practice your great HR as you always do, right? But probably in this environment, pay a little bit more attention to labor relations, even though it's in a gray and tired field in some cases, than you may on a normal basis, right? People, are, are Our peers today are going to be a lot more concerned about talent acquisition than they are about labor because labor unions don't knock on your door very often, but be aware, keep an eye out, keep your antenna up, and you know just make sure that you're you've got uh, at least a, a, an eye on that ball every once in a while. Because if you if, if if you don't, you might miss it and find yourself in a in a campaign like Amazon faced in Alabama, where where I heard and don't have a site for this. They spent over forty million dollars. Holy cow! Wow,
0: that's
1: I mean that's crazy, right? That is, that, you know. And just think what they could do with all that money just by spending it directly on their employees instead of fighting. Anyway, so I don't know. Like I said, I don't know if that's 100% true. Right, right.
0: Well, even if it's half. Yeah, it's
1: and that doesn't and that's not just the cash expense. It's the right. lost time, the disruption, right. the, you know all the all the issues. They're, the such situations are horribly disruptive for everybody and tension filled, and you really just don't want to experience it unless you absolutely deserve it. And so yeah. I would say, I would say follow those kind of steps. You know, practice good HR in all areas. Be fair, you know, be a, be an employer of choice as much as possible. keep your eye on trends and and that will be your best way of trying to stay out of trouble. If you get into trouble, be sure and go out and find good labor law. Good labor lawyer. there are a lot of consultants out there. Um, I was the director of an organization. Uh, I left my current employer and came back and for five and a half years I was the executive director of an organization called QCUE. Which is a great resource for people if they want to, you know, learn about this stuff about the the, the positive employee relations practices and sharing and that kind of thing. So, number of resources out there. Sherm, of course, is a good one as well. Mm-hmm. So, those are some thoughts.
0: Wow, and certainly to stay in touch with all of this, following you on LinkedIn and listening to of your course. podcast would <laughs> yeah. also be a great way to do it. But there, yeah. it is just another thing, right? That's uh, you know, flared up again here in mm-hmm. the HR world and good HR folks know they can't just rely on what they read last week. They've got to stay in touch with it. So thanks so much for bringing us up to date. I appreciate you being on what the heck is happening in HR (laughs) and hope to have you back soon.
1: I I appreciate the invite and the opportunity to share some thoughts for a few minutes. And I will talk to you down the road, Kelly. Take care. Bye.
0: Thanks. You too. Bye-bye.